Lift up your rod, stretch your hand out over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they'll follow you. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Jehovah, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. It came to pass, it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was cloud and darkness to the Egyptians. It was light by night to Israel, so that the one came not near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. The waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord, and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Our name, the unchanging word, reflects the fact that the eternal Word of God is never changed and never will. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Here Moses writes about the deliverance of the sons of Israel through the Red Sea with waters as high as walls to them on the left and on the right. And what was deliverance to the Israelites was judgment for the Egyptians. And Dr. Mitchell points out that God was between Israel and their enemies in the pillar of cloud and fire. Light to Israel and darkness to Egypt, so is the Lord to us who know Jesus Christ as Savior. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you know and believe that God is for us, for you and for me? Well, let's join Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15. Good day, friends. Again, we continue our studies with you in the book of Exodus. And we're dealing with the Lord's deliverance of Israel from Egypt. We're in chapter 14. In chapter 12, we had the, the Passover where they were delivered from death and judgment. But God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That which was judgment to, to the Egyptians was deliverance for the Israelites. And then in chapter 13, you have God saying, the firstborn are mine. And then you come to chapter 14, and God led them into a trap. 
I'm just, I'm just relating again what we've been teaching. You had the mountains on each side of them, the Red Sea in front of them, the Egyptians behind them. Then they murmured. Strange how we Christians murmur. They would rather be in Egypt in slavery than be in the wilderness with God. How about you? How about me? Would, you, would we rather be in the wilderness, in a wilderness journey with tests and trials, that howling wilderness, that terrible place of which the Bible speaks, but with God in their midst? Or would you rather be in slavery in Egypt under the taskmasters? I tell you, my friends, it's so easy. In fact, a great many Christians, and I'm not questioning their faith in the Savior, but there are a great many Christians who have never grown in their faith have never grown spiritually. And see, they, I'm not questioning the fact they've taken Christ as Savior, but they're still, they're still in Egypt. They're still in bondage. They're still groaning under their bondage. And they've never been in the wilderness with God. So when they came to the Red Sea, God said to Moses, you tell them to stand still, and they would see the salvation of the Lord which he would show to them today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you'll never see them again. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Again, I come back to the fact. In Egypt, the Lord is between Israel and judgment. At the Red Sea, the Lord is between Israel and their circumstances. And hence, you have perfect peace. And again, I say, it's always pays to, to stand still. If you are not sure of the mind of God, don't move. You stand still. This is not indifference. This is trusting the Lord. Too many have run ahead of the Lord and got themselves into trouble. Now, oftentimes we defeat the very thing we want done by going our own way, doing it our own way. We're going to do it. That's when you fail. Oh, today, to, to live day by day, hour by hour, in simply trusting the Lord himself. Don't you believe that, he said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you? Don't you believe that he works all things out after the counsel of his own will? Don't you believe that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose? You say, Brother Mitchell, I believe all those verses. Well, how does it act in your life? Listen to what I mean. Does the Lord have his rightful place? Indeed, there is no uncertainty when God makes the path. Did you hear me? He may lead you into storms, but he's always with you in the storm. You remember that? You take the book of Matthew, chapter, what is it, chapter 9, chapter 8. He entered into a ship, and his disciples followed him. And where do you think he led them? into a storm, and he fell asleep in the storm. And they said to him, Don't you care that we perish? And he arose, rebuked the winds and the waves, and was a calm. The boat can't go down with him in it. He has control over everything. Even the very nature obeys his command as we shall see in this chapter. Everything's under his control. He wants us to trust him. 
And sometimes you have to stand still. Instead of running around in circles, you want to stand still and see the salvation of God. To get your eyes off your circumstances and get your eyes on God. Now let's go to verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But the sea is there. Egyptians behind us. Go forward into the sea. As I said in the last lesson, why didn't God put them through the sea before the Egyptians got there? Hurried them through so the Egyptians wouldn't catch up to them. <laughs> no, my friend, the Lord always does it the right way. What we think he should do, what we think we should do is one thing, but what God says is an entirely different thing. You stand still where you are. Now he says, speak unto the children of Israel, they go forward. Lift up your rod, stretch your hand out over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they'll follow you. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am Jehovah, when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. It came to pass, it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was cloud and darkness to the Egyptians. It was light by night to Israel, so that the one came not near the other all night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. The waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Let me just stop here for a moment. Here you have God between Israel and their enemies, the Egyptians. Protection indeed. The cloud and the pillar of light meant darkness to the Egyptians. It meant light to Israel. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord is between us and our sins and between us and our circumstances? Pharaoh would have had to charge right past Jehovah to get to Israel. <laughs> Romans 8, 31 says what? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, etc. If God be for us, who can be against us? God is eternally between the believer and his sin. There's one of this minor prophet said there, they're behind God's back, and we bask in the light of his countenance. Marvelous thing. Light to Israel, darkness to the Egyptians. Light and life to the believer, darkness and judgment to the unbeliever. The work of Christ clothes the believer with righteousness, but it strips the unbeliever of his self-righteousness. You ever think of it? That which brings light to us is darkness to the unsaved. That which brings life to the Christian means judgment to the unbeliever. What a, what a contrast. 
These Egyptians who you see today, you'll never see them again. Oh, friend, let me tell you this. This is the marvelous thing, one of the marvelous things of the gospel. Our sins and our iniquities will be remembered against us no more forever. We'll never see them again. Wonderful thing, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. The guarantee, resurrection from the dead. Now you take the deliverance, 21 to 31. We've been dealing with some of it. And you go down, the waters were a wall on the right hand and on the left hand to Israel. You can visualize this. God has split open the Red Sea by a wind. And the Israelites had to move forward in faith. And when they began to move in to the Red Sea, they found dry ground. God was before them. God was behind them, protecting them from the Egyptians. God went before them, opening the way through the Red Sea. And they went through on dry ground. And if you go down through the chapter, I'm not going to take, read all the chapter of how Israel went through on dry land and the Egyptians were destroyed. And I read in the last verse, And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. You know, here you have Israel delivered, all their fears quelled. Egyptians destroyed and their boasting gone. The waters were a wall for Israel. They became a grave to the Egyptians. Faith finds a path through the waters. Unbelief finds a grave in the same waters. I think of that verse in Hebrews eleven twenty nine. By faith, Israel walked through on dry ground. The Egyptians, trying to do the same thing, were drowned. Here you have the difference between faith and unbelief. By faith, they walked through the, the Red Sea. By faith, they walked through the Red Sea. Faith finds a path. The Egyptians, trying to do the same thing, were drowned. Could I, could I just say this to you? If you would have been there and watching this, you would have said, that Israel just got out with the skin of her teeth and the Egyptians were, were right behind and they were drowned. Oh, friend, there are a great many people that look alike. Both went into the same sea. One had faith, one in unbelief. The path which God had opened for Israel became a grave for the Egyptians. Today, there are a great many people who accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And by faith, they find a path to walk for the glory of God and are delivered from many, many things because by faith, they're walking in God's path. On the other hand, there are a great many people who look like Christians. They're very religious. But they're not trusting the Savior. Hence, they've got unbelief. It's going to find a grave. Death still reigns. Oh, I just plead with your heart because I meet, I meet so many people who have been raised in Sunday school and church. They know all the words. They memorize scripture. 
As one man said, that I had this rammed down my throat when I was a kid, and I'm not going to have my kids have it rammed down their throat. He had no time, no room, no thought for God. He went through all the emotions of going through Sunday school, through the whole business, right through high school. He knew all scriptures. He even claimed to make a profession of salvation. Life absolutely void of spiritual life. In fact, he, he lives a life of corruption. Doesn't want to hear about the Savior. Doesn't want to hear about God. Others in the same class possibly really meant business and accepted the Savior. And faith found a path to walk to the glorification of God and to their own deliverance. He went down the same apparent path. It was destroyed. You see, friend, again I say, Israel, by faith, by faith, walk. God said, move. Command the children to move forward. That is the children of Israel. And as they move forward, the sea parted. All night long the wind blew. And you want to come to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the first two verses. You remember that the people were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And what the cloud and the sea were to them is what the cross and the grave means to believers. The cloud secured them from their enemies, and the sea secured them from Egypt. Oh, how thankful I am that we've been secured against all that is against us. We stand on the resurrection side of the cross. And it is as a redeemed, delivered people that they enter their wilderness journey. And there they receive their spiritual food and their spiritual drink. Read just into chapter 15. Then I read, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. It's the first song of redemption in the Scriptures. You ever think of it? It's when God has a people redeemed Delivered not only from death and judgment, but delivered from their enemies. That they have a song of redemption. We, that's why we love to sing, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. And one could go on and read and sing, quote scriptures, quote poetry possibly, what men have written about the wonderful salvation we have in Christ, but you have no song until you're redeemed. You have no song until you're redeemed. That's why I say this is the first song in your Bible. Now, I know there's a mention made of, of, uh, of poetry and so on in the fourth chapter of Genesis with the Canaanites, but there's no real song of victory, no song of redemption until they've come through the Red Sea. They didn't have any song in Egypt. I didn't have any song either. Neither did you before you were saved. After you come to know the Savior, oh, how wonderful to sing these songs of redemption, songs of salvation, these wonderful songs which are really sang in worship to God who has done the whole business. And it's when we see a complete salvation, that salvation which we have in Christ, that we have a real song of praise to him 
In fact, I would say a risen Christ at the right hand of God is the measure and pledge of our acceptance with God. As Ephesians 1, 6 says, we are accepted in the Beloved. There remaineth no more conscience for sin. See, this salvation stands forever. You see, they never got back to Egypt. They never came back under the power of Egypt. They were delivered. I like that verse in Ecclesiastes 3.14. I'll repeat that passage, Ecclesiastes 3.14. You know, sometimes we always take Scripture from the New Testament. I like to take some from the Old Testament in different times. And this salvation we have from God is absolutely perfect and eternal. And Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. No man can add to it. No man can take from it. And God does it, that all might fear before him. And too many are looking at their appropriation of Christ rather than looking to the Savior. You see, when we look at our own experiences or we look inward, there's, there's uncertainty. There's no rest. There's no peace. There's no satisfaction. There's no song. But when the heart is occupied with the Lord of glory, Ah, uh, we have a song. And you'll notice as you go down through the song, I'm not going to take up your time with all the detail of it, but you'll notice it's a song that has entirely filled with glorification to God. Look at these, this first verse. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, I will exalt him. The, man, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. You know, it's an amazing thing as you read it on through here. He goes down and he just blew on the sea. <laughs> All the Lord asked you to do was just blow. He didn't call for a myriad of angels to fight the Egyptians. He just blew on the sea and that was it. My, what a mighty God we have. Did you know that one of these days, God is going to do the same thing? He's going to come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. All he has to do is just speak. Just speak. In fact, when the Lord Jesus comes in flaming fire and glory, the nations of the earth will, will become a great prayer meeting. They'll cry for the rocks and the mountains to hide them from the face of him, it cometh in his wrath, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who's, oh, who is able to stand? <laughs> the only ones who can stand are those who are in Christ. It's just that simple, my friend. The difference between life and death is Jesus Christ. The difference between peace and no, no rest at all is Jesus Christ. The difference between eternal life and eternal death is Jesus Christ. In him is life. Not to have Jesus Christ means not to have life. All God needed to do was just speak. He just spoke the word. The sea was split asunder. Israel was saved. Egyptians were drowned. I'm repeating it. I want to get clear in your mind. Faith found a path to victory. Unbelief found a grave. My friend, are you trusting the Savior? That's a good question to ask, isn't it? Are you trusting the Savior? If you are, it means eternal life. It means deliverance. 
means eternal glory. Well, what if I reject the Savior? Then what do you have? But I don't believe in Jesus Christ. All right. I don't believe he's God. I don't believe he's a Savior. I don't believe he died for my sins. All right, friend, let me ask you a question. If Jesus Christ is not God manifest in the flesh, if he didn't, if his life wasn't sacrificed for your sins and my sins, and if he wasn't raised from the dead, tell me, what revelation of God do you have? You don't have any revelation of God. Did you hear me? You don't have any revelation of God. Apart from Jesus Christ, there is no revelation of God. And if he's not a savior from sin, then we have no savior. We haven't anything. And if he's not raised from the dead, then he died for his own sins. How simple. A child can believe that. A child can see that. And as you think about these, these wonderful things, I plead with your heart, my friend, to put your trust in the Savior and pass from death to life. I'll leave you there today. I want to take up tomorrow, chapter 15, chapter 16, and so on, right down through chapter 18. And may the Lord, in a wonderful, marvelous way, bless you abundantly. And again may I say, rejoice in the Lord all, will you? And again I say, rejoice. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to The Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. The Unchanging Word is dependent on the support of our listeners. And so until next time, this is The Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Life begins again.